Hey, you scruffy-looking nerf herders. Welcome to Records of the Republic, a podcast where we talk about all things Star Wars, from canon to the EU to Legends content and more. We are your hosts, Wade and Kevin, and we're going to make the jump to light speed as we try to tackle today's topic of conversation with you. Strap yourself in, and don't get cocky, as we embark on this journey together into the Star Wars universe. Hey guys, welcome back to Records of the Bad Batch. Just kidding, it's Records of the Republic. But we are so freaking excited that Bad Batch is back. We got season three, and uh, with that we got three episodes for the premiere, which is super exciting. Anytime, you know, I I, kind of get why Disney does the week-by-week release for episodes, but man, if they were to do Netflix's version, I would have been done with the season, ready to go. Like, we were going to talk all season three. Uh, if they did it. So it probably works out better that they just do each week at, you know, one week at a time. Anyway, my name's Wade. Um, I am a one quarter portion of records of the Republic and joined with me tonight. I have Kevin and Alex. How are you guys doing? Great bands back together. That's Ready right. Talk bad batch. Doing Poor good, Dylan. He's a, Dylan's doing our good. groupie. <laughs> Not I think we've had that. this conversation before. Yeah, I'm not taking the bait. We're like 10 seconds in, you're already trying to get under my skin. <laughs> no, Dylan Dylan is uh, another quarter portion of Wait, Records you, of the Republic. You bring this up for as many seasons that there are live-action Star Wars television. <laughs> no, you oh, bring it up goodness. so much that I, I think you might want it to be true. Well, maybe one day. <laughs> anyway, dude, we got three episodes of Bad Batch. This has been an awesome week. Um, we got our tax return in, so I've got a bunch of goodies to show you guys over the next like week or two. I've got some more goodies to transfer from Alex's house to my house, um, which do you still have those on hold for me? Indeed, I do. Oh, yeah, I picked that up. I, dude, I was – so just randomly, I was scrolling through Facebook. And, you know, I've always got, like, Star Wars notifications on for, like, Facebook Marketplace to see if anything comes in interesting. And Alex and I are friends on Facebook, of course. And I see, like, a huge portion of his collection. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've been wanting all of those or half of these. And So then I just – I sent him screenshots with, like, circled, like, drawings over which items I wanted. And uh, <laughs> so I've got I've got a shopping cart full at Alex's house uh, ready to check out. <laughs> I truly um, have given thought to exploring, like having a Star Wars collectible store, doing like a the the you know the digital storefront myself out of our home here. I I, I loved doing it so much when I was consolidating the collection pre moving in twenty twenty three. Um, so you gave me the itch again. Like I, I got the itch. I'm thinking about it. You should. I very much support this. Um. Speaking of which, so I do want to shout out someone. I got this in the mail today, which is really cool. It's uh, Mary Force be with you, and it's Grogu uh, with like Christmas lights and ornaments and everything. It's Christmas card. And it totally caught me by surprise because I totally forgot about this. But it says, Dear Jedi Hick, which is my personal Twitter handle, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you for your support, and I hope you enjoy your gift. CT5597. So it's another Twitter user. Um, he goes by Commander Jesse. 
and he was doing some sort of giveaway, and I don't remember the context of it, um, but he was doing a giveaway um, a while back, and I ended up winning one of the prizes. He had like several prizes he was doing, and he sent me a screenshot because I was one of the lower tier winners, and he's like, you can pick from these two items, and one was like a Black Series figure, and then the other one was... This awesome comic book art set of Funkos with Vader, Stormtrooper, C3PO, Luke Skywalker, which is really, really cool because I've always, like, I love these art designs, and I got the one with Obi-Wan specifically because I love this, but I didn't want to spend a whole bunch of money to collect all of them. But I got this for free. So... Thank you, Commander Jesse. We will definitely leave your handle uh, in one of our posts coming up so that people can go follow you and uh, try and win some more stuff because this was awesome. So came home to that. Um, Also, I picked up a couple of vintage collection uh, characters that I've been wanting that came out recently, and I just I hadn't gotten around to getting them yet. But I got the Return of the Jedi, Darth Vader. With the like Very removable cool. mask pieces, the the cut off hand, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. It's a really <laughs> cool figure, especially for a vintage collection. That's awesome. Like I, ex- I expect that kind of detail. The vintage collections in general have gotten a lot better in detail um, in recent like years, probably the last year or so. Um, so that's been really cool. And then I got the five hundred first to go on my Anakin shelf with him. So nice. Super super stoked about that. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, and then one of the other things I saw, which kind of threw me for a loop today, I was in Walmart and I was going through the Black Series, just seeing what they had on hand. And they have an Obi-Wan Kenobi um, Darth Vader, like from the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. But the helmet is like that transparent kind of look it had from Return of the Jedi, which was really weird. So I looked it up on online and it looks like it's the actual – it's the Darth Vader Emperor's Wrath Black Series figure where you know the helmet looks like it's like that translucent kind of glowing purplish where he's being struck by the Force Lightning when he's like going to pick the Emperor up and throw him down the shaft and everything. And I thought that's really weird. That doesn't make sense that it would be released in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series uh, Black Series figure. Uh, so I don't know if it was a mismatch from the factory but i was very tempted to buy it just for that purpose um because i have not seen you know i've seen the regular darth vader for the obi-wan kenobi series and i've seen the uh one with the split mask where he's got the cut going down the mask i hadn't seen this one and this one it 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 just it was one of those things that i i wanted to buy it just to just to have it because i felt like that was off I don't. I don't think that that was the one that was supposed to get put in that packaging with that label. So, and I could be wrong. So, if you guys have seen that, you know, let me know. Maybe I, it's just me, but it really caught me off guard when I saw that at first. So, and I'll share a picture of that so you guys can see that later on as well. So you uh, ended getting, up getting it? No, I didn't. You didn't. I thought about it, but hmm. you know, I when we got our tax return, Penny and I both agreed that a certain amount we could spend for just fun stuff and then you know the rest of it will go into our savings and so i've had to really be like careful because i have a lot of stuff a lot of different things like here and there that i would love to add 
my collection, but I want to save some of it for Comic-Con. And then, I, you know, I, there were some other things that I wanted to get more than that Black Series figure, like the Vintage Collection Darth Vader. That's one that I've been sitting on for a little while. Um, so I went with those instead. But I was very, very, very tempted, um, especially if I find out that that wasn't normal, like that that was a mismatch. I may go back and see if they still have it, just because that would be cool to have a mismatch like that. I'd be down for that. Anyway, enough about collecting woes. News for this week, besides Bad Batch, uh, ironically enough, this news came out on the same day, which is pretty cool. We are getting the original Battlefront and Battlefront 2 released, and I think it'll be a single... Will it be a single game, or will it be a dual pack? Did you read to see? I assume it's a single... I mean, it'll be a download, so I assume it's a single... Anyway, we're getting them re-released for modern systems. So Xbox Series S and X, PS4, PS5, Nintendo Switch, and uh, Steam, which is super, super exciting. I think a lot of people have talked about this. You know, if if they were to just go out and re-release the original Battlefront games, people would jump all over it. You know, not to take away, you know, the first Battlefront game, it was nice to have at first because it was the first Battlefront we had had in years. Um, and talking about the re-release, and then, but then once you get to playing it, you realize, oh, this is kind of janky. It's not really great. You, you, there's very limited gameplay in terms of what you can do. And then they came out with the second one, and the second one was good. I, I thought it, you know, I find it very enjoyable, but it's still not the OG Battlefront and Battle. Like those two games were like peak Star Wars video games for their time and still to this day I think they hold their own despite the graphics they hold their own against a lot of modern games in terms of popularity and so it's really exciting and I'm interested to see if they're going to be updating the graphics at all like modernizing it in that regard or if they're literally just re-releasing it so that we can play it online um, cause that's one of the big things about it. We are going to be able to have the 64 player online, uh, with both of them. And for anyone who grew up with PlayStation too, you didn't have all the downloadable content that you did with the Xbox. So character, there were two characters specifically that you could play, uh, for Xbox that you couldn't for PlayStation two. And that's Kit Fisto for the heroes and for the villains, Asajj Ventress. So both of those will be included in all of the releases as well which is super, super exciting. So I'm still my hope. My hope is that they take a page out of Nintendo's book um, with how they, they did. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. The super Mario 3d all-stars. Uh, basically they took super Mario 64, super Mario sunshine, and then super Mario galaxy. And they basically remastered them. Um, it still is true to the original form. And right. the gameplay is all the same. It just it looks a little bit cleaner. Um, but like for example, Super Mario sixty four, it's still kind of blocky. Uh, right. Which I know a lot of people like. I'm hoping they do something like that and just remaster it, but it still like feels the same. Um, I am so incredibly excited for for this. We've been talking. Wait, you and I have been talking about them doing this for years now. Yes. And yes, we have. I know that it's been available. Like, my I'm really looking forward to playing it with with Zach, um, cause he plays battlefront two all the time. 
Yeah, he and I have played it. before. Yeah, he's pretty good at it. And so I always tell him, like, man, I really wish you could play the originals. You would love it mm-hmm. so much. And, again, I know that it's been available. I just haven't had the ability to – I don't have a PC, and I don't have an Xbox. Right. Um, well, that's the thing because it's only been available on Steam and, yeah. and you know Xbox for Microsoft. Um, that's yeah. one of the best things I've found about Xbox is their backwards compatibility um, is is wonderful. The ability to be able to buy games for all of the generations online as a download has been yeah. absolutely fantastic. But yeah, I don't know. So if we're gonna go ahead. Oh, sorry. We're we're gonna be able to play it. Like he'll be able to play as Mace Windu. Um, you know, some of these characters that really should have been in, in Battlefront 2 that aren't. And just the maps, I think, are a little bit better. Mm-hmm. The, the game modes, it's going to be it's gonna be very enlightening for him. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, it was, it was such a fun game. Um, so it's coming out, what was it, March 14th? And 14th you or said 15th? It, I think it's the 14th. Which is awesome because that leads into Comic Con for me because that weekend is yeah. Comic Con. So I'm dude. I'm I'm just gonna be <laughs> Star Wars Haven. Like I I, I don't I, I might take the day off that Thursday because I'm just I, I think it's a Thursday because I think the 16th is when we're going to come. anyway. You'll be running I, a tournament I, out of your hotel room. Yeah, I'm just I'm so so stoked about this. Um, <laughs> and you said it's gonna be what thirty five dollars for the two games. That's what I saw. That's what I saw. So don't hold me to it. You know, and we were talking about it, and even if it were sixty bucks, you're looking at thirty bucks a game. I think those games are easily worth thirty or forty bucks a game individually. Like I would still pay that for those games just to have them. Depends on if we get it remastered or not. If it's not remastered, you probably have a a lower ceiling there on what you can charge. See, I'm I'm still going for it because we can play online again. I will pay it. You could give me everything the same from those games except include the online play, and I'm in. I think 60 is my cap. That's the most I'll pay for it. I would. What I would like to see, the only thing that I would like to see, I think, out of this, and we were talking about this as well, if you own the games on Steam, you get a 20% off when you buy those, when you buy this collection. I'm hoping Xbox does that as well, just because I still own the Battlefront and Battlefront 2. Um, so it'd be nice to get a little bit of kickback, since I don't have the remastered version. I have just the original two individual games. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see if they end up doing that or not. But regardless, the game's going in my cart and getting downloaded same day. There's no question about it. So, from my understanding, is the the big get for everyone that now that's going to be available to PlayStation owners. Yes. We'll be able to do it cross platform. So all three of us will be able to play one of the battlefronts simultaneously online. Right. I don't know if it's cross platform. I haven't seen anything that says one way or another. I know they're releasing it and something different battle. The battlefront games weren't released on any Nintendo systems. They were originally just released for Xbox and PlayStation. So, because at the time it was GameCube, and I don't think they were released for GameCube. Um, and are they remastered? Definitely, or that's still a toss-up. No idea yet. Okay. No. Based on the trailer, the trailer didn't show it being remastered. Um, hmm. It still looked like the same kind of pixelated uh, display we got, um, you know, the first time around when they came out, but. 
that could just be because they're trying to get the news out and they don't have the remastered gameplay footage to use in promos yet. I don't know. But that is a good question. I am seeing that it is remastered. Oh! That would be even better. Again, I mean, this is just a quick Google search, so don't don't hold me to it. Let me look at crossplay too. That would be absolutely fair. I, I would love if they went the crossplay route with it, because that I, I feel like that would be a great way to help connect bridges and unite fans, that kind of thing, get them more yeah, involved. That would have to be the get for me because. You know, I kind of think back to it. I bought these when they came out in the early 2000s, and I've bought them probably twice again, you know, for the updated consoles. Because, like, wait, as you said, you know, Microsoft is great with backwards compatibility. Um, Yes. And I just, I double checked. So, like, Battlefront 1 is, you know, 20 years old this Mm -hmm. year. So I'm sure I purchased it probably three times. Um, and I own a copy of it right now, actually, uh, per your recommendation, like from one of the um, the sales with the Microsoft store. Um, I bought but... it. Go ahead. Oh, um, but if it's remastered 100% and if we can play it, you know, cross-platform, sign me up. I'm there, you know, yeah. when it's available. So when I was in college, I bought a PS3, the first-gen PS3, so that I could get the PS2 uh, Battlefront and Battlefront 2 because the first-gen PS3 was backwards compatible. And then I got rid of that when I moved to Arizona. But then when I was in Arizona, I bought another PlayStation 2 to have Battlefront and Battlefront 2 on it. And Kevin and I actually played that the night before my wedding, on uh, bachelor night. We li- we stayed up till like 2 or 3, and Kevin was like, okay, you need to go to bed. And I was like, uh, I mean, I we could do I it. I kept playing. Yeah, Kevin was like, no, you really need to go to bed. Like, you don't understand. But I don't. You've got to be rested. <laughs> so i was like ah come on but uh and then i got rid of that ps2 when we moved out to north carolina again and then i bought a ps2 when i was out here and got the games again but then when i got the xbox for jedi survivor i found out battlefront one and two were available for it so i went ahead and bought it for the xbox and sold the ps2 again so it it, i've i bought it too many times for (laughs) i should i should basically get this game for free when it comes out yeah, that's what right. I'm saying. So, according to esports.gg, a site I'm not familiar with, so I cannot speak to its reliability, uh, you can see here I'm really trying to CYA here and not be held to any right. incorrect information. <laughs> um, it says, thanks to cross-gen and cross-play between all platforms, there should be plenty of full lobbies to join. Oh, yes. That's wonderful. That that makes it so much better. Yeah. I, I'm so stoked for this game. So March 14th, it's coming out. Um, let's see what else happened this week. We posted a TikTok calling out some toxic fans. And the funniest thing about it was the minute we posted it, we had like five or six people comment on it and start going off about like how I was being stupid for it. And I was like, Oh, Hey, thank you. <laughs> this is exactly, this is exactly what I needed to show. I, I had people, one person called me out for pandering and he's like, Oh, you're pandering for a minority and blaming, you know, calling the rest of the, you know, group, the rest of the fandom, you know, like you're ignorant and you're just looking for, for views. And I'm like, no, in the last month, I've seen a lot of people talking about how like their fandom has kind of plummeted a little bit here and there. 
because they've just witnessed a lot of like people putting each other down. And I've seen it myself. Like there are people who go out of their way who may not follow our account or other accounts, but they'll go out of their way when they see a post about something that they don't like. They'll go out and not just like put the movie or show down, but put the person who likes it down. And that was the point of what I was getting at is like, y'all are stupid. Like, knock it off. We 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 talk about it all the time, and I'm going to reiterate it again. We There's enough Star Wars for everyone. You can like stuff. You can dislike stuff. Be respectful to each other. It's okay to like something that some someone else doesn't like. It's okay to not like something that someone does like. And it's okay to talk about it. But don't be dicks. I think that's the easiest, simplest way to put it. Don't be an asshole. I get I get so tired of that. I try not to use strong. Fakpa might laugh at me for this because I always I, I try not to use strong language on this show. But this is something that's really been bothering me. They're on the opposite. If you guys have listened to Fakpa, they're on the opposite spectrum <laughs> of me in that regard. And it's funny because I always tell them that Gene loves listening to their podcast, and they're mm-hmm. like. This is horrible parenting. <laughs> so oh, uh, we're not a clean podcast anymore. So there goes that. Rating. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Parental advisory. Yeah. So uh, Jay and Matt, if you guys are listening, that's that's for you. <laughs> All right, getting into the main topic of the night. Holy crap! Bad Batch season three, episodes one, two, and three. Um, episode one titled "Confined." Episode two, "Paths Unknown." Episode three, Shadows of Tantis. Uh, super, super, super fantastic. Um, guys, how did you feel about viewing these? Kevin, why don't you hop in? Well, um, I think I had the same exact note last year, Wade. Maybe maybe you remember, but instantly, instantly amazed at the production quality. Like, hmm. specifically with the sound, the visual mm-hmm. has always been really good for the show, I feel, but right away the the music and just the depth of sound is really what what stood out to me. Um, maybe it's because I have a bit better equipment this year, but I don't know. It's just it and it, it's so important for this show because we're dealing with some dark stuff. Like, oh yeah, you have the argument it's a kid show, not a kid show. Maybe it's for everybody, but it's very dark. And the sounds and the the sights all back it up. Like the the music is just the first thing that stood out to me. Um, on a lighter note, the the only other real thing that stuck out to me so much that I felt like I needed to jot it down was a line. Um, it was Omega. She she said every stronghold has a weakness, and mm-hmm. it's that's just Star Wars, you know, like. It's it's those things that make Dave Filoni so freaking good. And then he has another thing that I'll talk about for episode two. But like, because it's such a it's a it's such a common thing. Oh, the, the, if this were real life, the Death Star would have never had those weaknesses, especially the second time. This right. is Star Wars. It's gotta, you know. And I like when they acknowledge stuff like that, especially in passing, right? Like it's just how it is. It's nothing extraordinary. It just is. And I just, that's probably my favorite thing that, that I've seen throughout anything Dave touches. And uh, I was really happy. I was really happy to, to hear something like that. It's almost I'm like, sure. cause it's almost like a spit in the face of the star Wars chads, you know, that like 
think they know better. You know, we're going to acknowledge it. We're going to make it part of it and like it or don't. It's one of those things where it's like, this is the fabric of Star Wars and it's less so like this is repetitive. And it's just, like you said, it's is Star Wars. It's like the the iconography of it. It's like, yes, planet killers are just Star Wars. The next trilogy of films will probably feature a planet killer. or One of the films will feature a planet killer. Like that's just Star Wars. Like we need to embrace what is what brought us to this saga in the first place. Like, it's just, yeah. you know, I, I think uh, how I just put the fabric, I like that person. Like it is the fabric of, you know, what we're watching, what we're taking in. Sure. Um, to add to what you said, Kevin, I mean, the sound part of it, this first episode in particular reminded me a lot of severance. And I think that's a show that you had watched when it was first out. I know I tweeted about it and are you, okay. So you haven't watched that one. I want to, it is absolutely on my list. Yeah, um, so Severance and Andor were actually two shows that I wrote down in my notes that I was thinking about watching the first episode of Bad Batch. Um, it, it was the look for Andor, and it was the sound for Severance. It was just like that constant tonal just beat in the background, almost like a ticking clock, kind of just reminding you that you know there's that slow passage of time. Like It was just... It was really, really powerful. Um, and you mentioned it as well, Kevin, like just like the look of it, the production quality. Um, I definitely noticed that throughout these three episodes, but it's as if the animation is even better again. You know, we're getting to the point that so long as they want to dabble with this animation style, it seems like every season, every year is going to look better than whatever came the year before, no matter where in the timeline it's going to be set at this point. Yeah, it's movie quality, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I wrote just a couple of things down um, for this. Sorry, I was filling out my Bad Batch bingo sheet, marking off the squares, because I actually, I didn't realize. I actually got a couple of them right, Um, so I thought I was ruined. I totally set myself up for failure with some of these answers, but we'll get into that a little later. (laughs) Um, But, let's see. I made notes, uh, Hemlock, Emery, Omega, Crosshair, and Alice all return uh, in this episode. Hemlock is the evil doctor. Dude, super cool villain so far. Like, he's he's a very compelling villain. Um, I, I, I thought Krennic was possibly my favorite Imperial so far in terms of, like, non-Force-sensitive, just straight-up Imperial. But Hemlock might be my my new favorite depending on how this continues because he has been like super super i don't want to say on edge but he he's a little he's scary he he legitimately scares me i'm very concerned about what he has in store um for the future and we get especially after episode three uh but jumping ahead there uh emery is the one that told omega i'm your sister but she's a lot older than omega so my guess is she doesn't have I, – I don't know if she's a first-gen. I want to know a lot more about Emery um, because I, I want to know, like, is she a first-gen? Does she have the aging uh, thing going on with her? Um, is Omega in a similar boat, or is she more like Boba Fett in that regard where she doesn't? She's unaltered, you know? I don't know. But I think that's I, – I want to know more about Emery. Um, and then we got Omega and Crosshair, and it's cool to see the difference between their relationship in like episode one 
in episode three. Um, Cause right now crosshair is very much like ho- hopeless. I mean, he, he's got no hope for escape. He's basically just suffering through it and like waiting to die. Um, and then Nala say is Nala say. I'm excited that we're getting more Kaminoan cloning, not just cloning, but the Kaminoans are still involved, um, which is, it's really cool to see how they've stretched that from attack of the clones, getting like, uh, a couple of short scenes with Obi-Wan at, on Kamino to really diving in deep with Clone Wars and extending that through the Empire existing. You know, the Empire is is getting established, if not officially established at this point. Um, you know, we see some time pass. Omega's doing the whole, I think it's all in episode one where Omega does the, the little hash marks on the wall, kind of like what Wrecker was doing each time they completed a mission. He'd come back on the wall and do that. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool because Omega and Wrecker, at least mentally, are, are very much like this. They're very, very on on par with each other. Um, so I like that. Uh, they kept talking about M count, which was extremely fascinating. We're finally getting back into midichlorians. Um, some people have had negative reactions to that. Me personally, I'm all for it. I'm excited. This kind of goes into explaining more about how are we creating Force-sensitive clones? Um, how are we twisting the natural Force abilities? I mean, this is absolutely dark side uh, alchemy, magic, whatever you want to throw into it. This is, you know, twisting what is natural and becoming unnatural. And it very much made me think of Palpatine when he's talking to Anakin and he he has the the famous line, you know, a dark side. The dark side is a path to things that most people deem unnatural, or something, something to that effect. And that's what I kept thinking this whole time. It's like, man, they're they're trying. Not only are these these human beings created artificially, but now they're trying to add artificially midichlorians to an artificial being to begin with. Um, not to say that they aren't human, you know, they're not living, but they were not created naturally. So it's very fascinating uh, to see how that's really, ex- especially in episode three. Um, so they're talking about M count. We can see that they're testing clones blood each and every day to see how the blood is handling midichlorians. Um, what I've seen is that essentially when clones are, are brought to, uh, is it Tantus? Is that what it's called? Mount Tantus or something. Mm-hmm. I think that's the name of it. Um, when they're brought there, they're having these injections put into them, like Crosshair had that happen. And I think that's the initial, like, adding midichlorians. And then they're trying to test the blood to see which ones are reacting well, which ones aren't, that kind of thing. And right now we can see on a daily basis they're struggling. And Nala say, like, Emery went to include Omega in the process. And each time Omega would bring the blood samples to Nala Say, Nala Say would specifically dispose of Omegas. And she said it was for her own protection. Kind of interesting. And it foreshadows quite a bit. I mean, if that doesn't tell you what's going on, I don't know what will. Um, so they're trying to clone Force Sensitives. Obviously, this dives right into, you know, kind of what we got with Rise of Skywalker um, in the cloning, the Sith cloning facility. On Exegol, um, it dives right in. I mean, it ties right into the Mandalorian. 
um, with Dr. Pershing and what they were trying to do a bit with Grogu. So we're getting a lot of tie-ins here. Um, I find that very interesting. Um, we get a lot of talking between Crosshair and Omega, specifically um, a pretty deep conversation between the two where, you know, Omega's trying to trying to encourage him like, hey, there's a chance, and he has very much given out, or given up, I should say. He's, at this current point in time, there's no chance. He's like, I've tried it. I've tried to escape. It doesn't work. There's no chance. And and Omega's like, nah, I'm not, I'm not hearing any of that BS you know, miss me with that crap. I'm, I'm out here finding a way. Um, and I, I wrote this note, which I didn't realize it. I think Emery is trying to look out for Omega in a way. I don't think her execution of it, but from what I can tell, it does not seem like Emery is without feelings. You know, I don't, I don't get this like cold personality from her where she's like emotionless and she's just there to do a job. I I feel like she does care. And she because she makes it clear like the easiest way to get through all of this is just to go along with the process. If you do that, you're going to be okay. Um, whether she knows whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I think she thinks genuinely if you just go with the process, you just do your work, help out, you're going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. So I, I do think Emery cares. Um, but her execution of how she interacts and cares is poor. It doesn't work out. So that's what I got from episode one. Fantastic way to bring back Bad Batch. I mean, that if that episode didn't hook me, I don't know what does. So do you guys have anything to add to episode one that stood out to you? All right. No. Um, well, yeah, just a couple quick things oh, for me, yes. but... Yeah, going back to something Kevin said, um, you know, you mentioned how it felt cinematic. And ironically, that was the very first note I wrote for this episode was that it had a cinematic opening. And, you know, it's not something I'm surprised by from the Bad Batch. This is, you know, three for three on these openings that feel like they could have been, you know, mini movies, TV movies, you know, back in the Disney XD days or something. Um, Just stuff that Disney animation, Lucasfilm animation, you know, really should be proud of themselves for. Um, you know, you brought up Wade uh, Camino and having the Camino wins. Um, you know, Tantus was primarily featured in those season one episodes leading up to War Mantle, and then the final episode. In those episodes, like, I really loved how much Tantus looked like the Death Star, at least to me, like Death Star 1, the hallways, um, the elevators, the doorways, like the blast doors. It seemed very, mm-hmm. like, Death Star architecture, Death very Star imperial. influence. Yeah. Um, I would say, though, going off the Camino note, that there was something about the sleekness to, a, like, a few of the hallways, maybe the laboratories, uh-huh. where now it's, like, a little bit of Imperial, but a little of that Caminoan aesthetic kind of that good are carried forth. Yeah. Um, so that was, like, a little I, – I wonder if that's something, you know, production-wise that they intended for. Um, so whenever they do some behind-the-scenes, I'll have to look for that. Um, yeah. But really quotable. There was a lot of like, you know, lines that were clearly nods to um, lines from like the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. Um, you know, there was a great conversation. I think it was between Hemlock and Nala Say. Um, 
and I think it was Hemlock who says, if the emperor is as understanding as I am, you know, hearkening back, or I guess, you know, flashing forward to the Darth Vader line, um, to the Imperial officer yeah. overseeing the Death Star construction, you know, I hope the emperor is, uh, or the, for your sake, the emperor is not as forgiving as I am. Like I just, you know, it's mm-hmm. that classic, you know, rhyming lines and whatnot. Um, yeah. You know, just beyond that, there was, you know, the cute things, uh, the Lurka Hound being named Batcher, um, you know, just all in all, what a great opening, I say, for the first episode. You know, that's all I have yeah. for that one. Strong, strong start. Um, all right, moving on to episode two. Who wants to take it? Who wants to start us off? Alex, you go. You know, I'll say... For as much as they really led Bad Batch season one and two, I was surprised I didn't miss Hunter and Wrecker in the first mm-hmm. episode. But by the time this episode started rolling for me, I was like, oh, hey, this is the perfect time to bring the guys back. And indeed it was. Um, you know, this episode really felt like it was hearkening back to some loose ends that have been there since season one for me. Um, you know, Wade, you might be a little better with the recap of the episode, but you know, this was the episode titled Paths Unknown. Um, this is the one that primarily features, as I said, Hunter and Wrecker. Um, if you want to cover the recap from here, Wade. Yeah, I mean, uh basically Hunter and Wrecker, uh when we see them first, their armor is super battered, super weathered. It looks it definitely looks dingier. Like they they've been working. They've been doing some work. Um, since we last saw him in season two, uh, apparently they, uh, got one, uh, there were warring syndicates or syndicates that are at odds with each other. One of them's the Pikes and I forget who the, who, who are the, who, who the syndicate is that they're bringing one of the Pikes to. Um, but anyways, they're they're doing it. They're hunting this pike down specifically to try and get some information. They're trying to find Tantus. They're trying to figure out how to get there. You know where it is. Where where um, uh, what's his name? Hemlock is holding Crosshair and Omega. Like that's that's end goal. Is they're trying to save those two. Um, so they're trying to get some information. They're given coordinates to an old lab that uh, might have been like Tantus 1.0. It it was a, a lab that Hemlock had used at one point. By the time they get there, um, it's been cleared out. Like, it's been abandoned. There's no one there. Uh, at least that's what they think. It's overgrown with all kinds of vines and everything. But when they land and they start exploring, they actually run into some cadet regs, essentially. Kind of like Boba's age, I would say, um, that were survivors. They escaped the 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 lab essentially and they kind of describe what's been going on some of the unnatural again unnatural um experimenting and stuff like that and then they've got these things called slither vines which are basically like venus flytrap vines that are conscious and are at least able to react um to them being there they have feelings it seemed like when they were blasted and everything they they felt the pain of those blasts and they're super aggressive. Um, you know, Wrecker and Hunter were warned not to touch the vines, and one of them did. I'm going to let you guess which one that is. Um, and 
And so they uh, they touch the vines and, you know, one thing leads to another and they're fighting the vines now. Uh, my favorite note of this, uh, well, two notes. When they're exploring the lab and everything, it very much felt like a, a, a really cool, like, horror. It had, like, a horror video game vibe um, in my mind. Like, the way they're exploring and turning corners and everything, it just felt like you were waiting for something to pop out, um, which was really, really cool to me. And then I made a note because at the end, when they're trying to escape in the the big toothy headpiece, whatever mouth of this vine creature shows up and they're trying to get to the Marauder and the vines are like grabbing onto the Marauder. I basically I just said it's an environmentally friendly Sarlacc. Hmm. This is a green Sarlacc. Uh, That's that's what it made me. I mean, that was the immediate thought was this is a Sarlacc made of plants. Um, so that was, you know, it was was a fun episode. Um, the kids kind of talked about, uh, a little bit here and there of the experimentation, the, the drawing blood and kind of got into a little bit more about the, the M count, um, without giving us the full picture, which I feel like we got, uh, I feel like each episode gave us a little bit of M count so that we got a full picture by the end of the three episodes. Um, but they kind of moved it along a little further saying, you know, they were experimenting on us. They were, you know, taking our blood and taking samples and, you know, that kind of thing. So you kind of get the feeling you get, you kind of get what they're, they're moving towards. They're trying to figure out how to make force sensitive clones. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was a great episode. It was cool. I, I think I would agree with you. Like the first episode, like I, I was looking forward to seeing, you know, like them jumping between, the two sets of characters, you know, Omega and Crosshair in prison, Wrecker and Hunter trying to find them, and maybe even, like, them contact- contacting uh, Rex and Echo and trying to recruit some help, which they did end up contacting them, but uh, Hunter and Wrecker were like, basically, you know, they're not going to be able to get to this uh, lab for two rotations. We can't wait that long. You know, Omega and Crosshair need us now. So they went into it thinking, all right, this is the lab. This is where it's at. We're going to rescue them. Found out that's not actually the case. They got clues to move the story along and to figure out what the next step is. But, you know, I was very, very much expecting in the first episode for them to jump between characters on different planets and kind of show how they're working at different, you know, conjunctions and in different ways. And I, I really didn't miss Hunter and Wrecker in episode one. And I would say, and vice versa, in this one, I didn't miss Crosshair and Omega. I feel like it was very well done. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing that I I could see someone somewhere maybe saying, "Ah, it's a filler episode. I want more Crosshair and Omega." But that's just because a lot of people don't have taste. Um, I, I think it was a great episode. I think it very much moved the story along, and I was excited. I, I was happy that we got just Hunter and Wrecker in this episode and we were able to focus on just what they're trying to accomplish. What, what is their goal and how are they working to achieve that goal? So very well executed in my opinion. Yeah. What, what you are got? your thoughts? Um, I had the same sort of thought. I didn't even realize that we didn't get Hunter and Wrecker until they came on screen. I was like, Oh, there you guys are. Didn't realize I missed you, but I missed you. Um, I so the the first two episodes because, like I told you guys before, I have not seen the third one yet. I just I ran out of time. Um, it really 
I keep going back to how dark it is. And it, it's something star again, another thing star Wars has done, which is calling back to real life events. Right. And you know, the, the empire, you, you see parallels to the Nazis. You can call it, um, you know, I know that George used a lot of stuff from the Vietnam war. I think this specific show with Hemlock specifically is particularly dark because it, it seems to be inspired by, uh, I think the guy's name was the doctor of death, uh, which I'm not going to go into details about what that guy was up to here. It's really dark. If you want to, you can look it up. Um, but you gotta have a, a tough stomach. Um, and that's that's what I'm thinking about during these episodes, and it challenge accepted. Wait, I'm sure you'll be fine. Um, but I don't know if that's you know, good or bad. <laughs> I I don't know, but it's just that's the lens that I'm looking at this show through so far, and it's really really well done. Like you, you talked about it for episode one with Hemlock and and how like haunting he is and. I don't know. It's that's how I felt during episode two. I felt sad. Uh, you know, they showed Tex goggles. They showed mm-hmm. um, Omega's little toy. Oh yeah, they and keep really they kept panning back to that. Yeah, it, it really just hit me that like, man, we're down to two right now. Obviously, some of them are still alive, but um, like, there's two that are free, and you know, and together doing stuff and it was just it was really sad and it was the first time I had really put that together uh, when it was just Hunter and, and Wrecker um, another Dave thing similar to the one I shared about episode one uh, the gonk droid and it yeah, it's something another thing that Dave does you take a, a very minor innocent thing that you know we all love gonk droids but it really goes it doesn't go beyond like when they're on the screen oh cool and then you're not going to think about them again. He gave a role, you know, in, in this episode, it was, it's just another little thing that Dave does. That's like a a little nod or love letter to the originals. And um, I love that he did that. And then the the last thing that I have to know, wait, I texted you about it because I I audibly laughed this line, but it was when Hunter and Wrecker met up with those two, (laughs) regs and they figured out like oh you guys must be you know phone force 99 uh, and they called him defective and defective but effective yeah with perfect yep. comedic timing perfect delivery record just goes defective and effective and i just i thought that that was such a perfect line for him it was hilarious um and it was probably my favorite part of the episode and it's so Wrecker. Like, that was yeah, exactly. so in character, on color for Wrecker. Um, the guy comedically does not miss a beat. He's hilarious. Perfect voice acting. Like, perfect delivery on that line, too. Uh-huh. Well, and it, it's perfect because it's like, you know Wrecker has limited... Like, he, he can think. He's not, like, a complete dummy. But he his... His attention, as Crosshair would point out a lot, quite often, he's it's not as in-depth thinking as others. And so I just see him picturing – like I picture him saying that going, oh, that rhymed. That's a good one. 
and then like off Work screen that pulling out pulling out his data pad and like jotting it down. You know, yeah. like I'm gonna remember this one. Yeah. <laughs> Wrecker Wrecker is by far my favorite of the, like I love the I love them all. But Wrecker from day one has been I always love the the big brute with you know smaller brain, big heart, um, you know, and that's Wrecker. That that is who he is to the T. Um, just about like every D and D character I've ever played. That's kind of the, the gameplay style that I play is just this big brute who is caring, but he's not the most intelligent. Um, so he kind of follows lead <laughs> and he's just, he's fantastic. So yeah, totally great agree. episode. Um, I love seeing the Marauder. That's one thing I, I, I will never get over seeing that. I, I love seeing that ship. Every single time. That is one of my favorite ships in all of Star Wars. Um, Because it's cool because it takes like the Republic shuttle, Imperial shuttle kind of style. But it's very much, hey, this is specialized and tricked out. For It's like, it's how I would picture you, if you were to hot rod or like pimp my ride for an Imperial shuttle, that's what the Marauder is. And it's dope. That ship is just so awesome. It, it looks incredible every time I see it in use. And I really hope it doesn't go the way of the Razor Crest and get blown up for no good reason. But. It will. Any, eh, shut up. Don't say I think that. I saw it. I saw that on a, a couple bingo sheets. I think a couple people that submitted had uh, that the Marauder was going to explode. I, I did not because it happened with one of my other favorite ships as it is. And I'm really upset about it. And so I really hope they don't go that way with this as well. But we'll see. We've got a lot of a lot of season left to go. Um, anything else on episode two? Good deal. Moving into episode three, Kevin unfortunately didn't get to this episode, which is kind of a bummer. And unfortunately, he's going to have some spoilers here. Um, it, as, it's not the finale. Like I'll be fine. It was good. I had no. time to do it. it was By far, my favorite. It, it, it was my favorite of. of <laughs> Stop, Alex. <laughs> um, it it was my favorite of the three. By far, Alex. How did you feel about it? Um, it was great. I mean, this is one that Kevin's definitely going to love. Um, uh-huh. since Hemlock features primarily throughout the episode. Um, you know, so I, that's why, like I mentioned, I think earlier as we started to record, but if you were to have skipped one of the three episodes, it would have been the second one just to get to that story that we left off with from episode one immediately again. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's really maybe just a credit to, you know, the, the ordering of the episodes, um, you know, Wade, you'll have to handle the, you know, the, the, what's it called? The, um, the recap of the episode. I'm horrible with those, so take it away. No, you're good. Um, essentially, there's kind of some brouhaha going on amongst uh, Mount Tantis. They've got a lot more uh, troops marching around, kind of, you know, being active than usual. Omega notices it and is kind of like, what's going on? And they're like, we've got a guest, essentially. Well, Pops shows up. He's here. Um and oh my god, is he he bad? Like Hemlock's bad, but Palps is Palps, you know. 
but um you know there's a little bit of Nalase is worried at this point now that she knows that Palpatine's here she kind of tells Omega you've got to find a way to escape and Nalase instructs Omega to get um one essentially what happens is Omega goes to get her blood drawn like normal and Hemlock says Nalase needs to come with him instead of running the lab. And she says, well, no, I'll, I'll, I'll run the lab because she's been disposing of Omega's blood. Well, when she's not there to do so, she cannot do it. And so Emery is going to run Omega's blood. And that's when they're going to find out, hey, there's something different about this kid. And Nala say in, in private, sort of, as she's like getting ready to leave, tells Omega, you have got to get out of here. Um, one thing we skipped from episode one that I totally forgot about the hounds, the hounds that they were doing like some kind of training with, um, I'm not sure exactly what their purpose is, but one of them was injured and they were going to essentially, um, they were like, you know, if this one doesn't recover, it's, it's going to be put down. Um, so that comes into play this episode as well. But Nala gives like Omega instructions. Hey, grab one of my data pads out of the, out of the, um, the lab and use it to escape because it gives you kind of like the blueprints and access to all kinds of panels and all kinds of stuff, you know, control throughout the, uh, the facility. So she does, she's able to get one uh, and Emery does put her blood in the uh, scanner device, whatever they're using to, to check the blood for, for M counts. So that's going on and Palps starts to to talk to Hemlock about the advancements and everything going on with uh, Project Necromancer, which obviously from the title, you can tell if it wasn't obvious from episode one, they're getting into, you know, his whole like, hey, this is how the Empire survives. You know, if I, Empire doesn't survive without me, essentially. Um, and so they're, they're, the whole goal here is to figure out how to have four sensitive clones that the Emperor can use to some extent, um, which ties in really well to the EU and some of the stuff that happened in some of the EU books and all. So I, I do like that aspect of it very, very, very much. Um, but this is the only episode that I actually wrote down any quotes for. Um, the first one that I wrote down, let me pull it back up here. Hemlock and Palpatine are talking about Project Necromancer and everything like that. And, uh, you know, Dr. Hemlock saying, you know, essentially, if I have all of the resources possible, you know, everything that you can give me, um, I am, com he says, I am confident that we will have a successful M count replication, uh, which means to this point, they have not had a successful M count replication. And then Emperor Palpatine responds and says, there is nothing of greater importance to secure the future of this empire. And to an extent, that's true, because the Empire is not, as we see later on, the Empire is not what it is now, uh, or even at its peak, without Palpatine. It has to have Palpatine at the head in order to to be as threatening and evil and have the, the deadly potential that it does. Um, so that was one of the quotes I wrote down. Then on top of that... Um, 
Omega essentially goes back to Crosshair after she gets the data pad, and she's like, "I've got a way to us for us to to get out of here." Um, I'm fig. She's basically winging it. She's trying to figure it out as she goes, but she's like, "I need you to cause a distraction." So he does. He calls the guards over, and then she opens the door, and he kicks some butt. Like typical Crosshair, he's got more experience than these, even these clone commandos. Like he's able to kick their butts easily. Um. Uh, or were they stormtroopers? They might be TK troopers at this point. Yeah, they were the they were, new they were, TK they were, troopers. Now he does he does kick some clone commando butt later on, but these guys were TK troopers. Um. Anyway, so they are able to kind of finagle their way out to escape. Oh, Omega had gotten in trouble earlier, and I forgot to mention this. She got in trouble uh, because she found out the. Hound was not healing as quickly as it needed to, and so she released it because they were going to put it down. Like, even though it was healing, it was on the mend, it wasn't going as fast as they needed it to. So they were going to be like, hey, we're going to clear up space. And so she ended up releasing it, which got her in some serious trouble. And Emery was very much like, hey, you can't do this. Like, you have to have to behave. Was that episode one or this episode? That was episode one, I believe. Okay. So all of that happened in episode one. Totally skipped over that because that is important, and I totally missed that. And then this episode, that cage is still empty. They don't, they haven't replaced it with a hound. And so that's where Omega and Crosshair end up working to escape. Now, when they find out that when Hemlock finds out there's a breach, he tells them to turn the ray shields on because apparently those tunnels are ray shielded, which is really cool, and it felt like an awesome callback to the Phantom Menace. Because you start to see these red screens, ray shields coming up as they're running through the hall, and they just barely make it out the end of the tunnel before that last screen hits. So it was really cool to see it, especially with that coloring, I think, you know, because we've seen ray shields before and in Clone Wars and then also in like Return or uh, not Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith, you know, when they're on Grievous's ship, they, they have ray shields drop around them. But the red one specifically in a tunnel like that very much made me think Phantom Menace immediately. So that was super cool. Then they get out into the wild. They both have blasters. She has a data pad. They're looking for the, uh, there was an Imperial shuttle that had crash landed uh, in episode one to open the episode. And so they're looking for that to see if the comm system is still working. Um, So they get out there, but at this point they're seeing like there are ships that have been dispatched, V-wings and Imperial shuttles from Mount Tantus from the base now out searching for them. So all that's going on, um, and at one point, like, when they see that they're starting to, like, land near them, that kind of thing, there was some kind of big creature, I think, because they, they had been alluding to the fact that there were other creatures out in the wild um, that would take, like, they were going, in episode one, they were going to send out a rescue party for the crash shuttle. Can't believe I forgot all of this. Um, they were going to send out a rescue party for the crash shuttle, and Hemlock was like, no, at this point, you know, there's no chance they're going to survive. The, the the natural habitat is going to take care of them before we even get there. There's no point. Um, so we do see some kind of big creature um, show up, but the hounds actually end up attacking it to help Crosshair and, and Omega, which was kind of interesting. Um, but they were going to go send out, a, a, whatchamacallit, a message to try and get help that kind of thing nothing was going through 
and then one of the shuttles pulls up on them and drops troops and everything and this 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 part did make me tear up i'm 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 going to be honest about it this this got me um we see crosshair and omega have been kind of winging it at this point and then crosshair out of nowhere is like did they teach you plan 72 and omega goes mhm tech had me memorize all the plans and crosshair goes of course he did and dude i when that happened i was like ah, that hurts because one of the last lines we got from tech was him quoting you know plan 99 and then shooting the cable you know like that was that was hard for him to talk about you know not only referencing another plan but saying yeah i know the i, I know all of the plans tech taught me and it's like ah oh, what a heartbreaking callback to tech and then Crosshair recognizing he in the way he says it, it's like I shouldn't have even had to ask. I know this guy. Of course he taught him. And I don't know if I, I don't know if Omega has communicated to Crosshair that Tech's gone or yet. Like I don't I don't know if that's happened. Did that happen in season two, Alex? To your knowledge, or Kevin? Uh, that was a question I had watching these episodes. So I want to assume that you know we haven't seen that on screen. So, to my knowledge, they haven't communicated about Tech being gone. I mean, I, I would have imagined Omega would have talked to him about it, but maybe not. Maybe her whole focus has been escape, escape, escape. You know, we can catch up about personal stuff later. And she may not have had a lot of interaction. She may not have had the opportunity to have a lot of interaction with Crosshair. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, that that whole interaction, uh, that that got me, man. That got me. So, and, and ultimately they end up taking over the shuttle that was sent out with troops. They're, they're able to defeat the troops, take over the shuttle because of how Plan 72 played out. Um, the V-Wings are in, in pursuit of the shuttle, and they do shoot it. They do damage it a little bit, and they're getting ready to close on it. Well, while this is happening, uh, Hemlock was basically like, hey, just shoot them out of the sky, destroy them, they're done. You know, we'd rather have them dead than escape. And Emery happens to be running Omega's blood at that moment. And she sees a positive match where she hadn't. And you can see because the way it displays it on the screen, it looks very different from how it's displayed with all of the other blood samples. But it's a positive match. And Emery comes in at the last second and is basically like, don't shoot down that shuttle. And Hemlock's like, what? And she's like, Omega's a positive match. So I don't know if she has a positive M count at this current point in time, or her blood allows her to be receptive to it. I, I wasn't quite clear on that. Um, maybe one of you, maybe you got something out of that, Alex, different from me. But the way I took it was she has midichlorians in her system now. And she very much probably had him from the start. That's I, I think it was something that the Kaminoans were working on long before Palpatine was working on it. Yeah, um, you know I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter already. You know this afternoon and this evening. You know I guess I don't know if folks are surprised that like the M count terminology is being used, or you know the illusions in the episode, but. Um, 
you know, going back to season one, episode one, you know, we've always known that Omega was special. You know, at first it was conversations between Nala Say and I'm trying to think, um, Tanwi, no, not Tanwi, whomever the, uh, the leader of the Kaminoans was at the time. Um, but they were having conversations of like the five special clones that were remaining. And, you know, we learned they weren't referring to the bad batch. They were referring to the, the four members of the bad batch, excluding Echo plus Omega as the fifth, you know, remaining special clone. So she's always been special and we didn't really know wink, wink. We didn't really know, you know, what made her special, but it was nothing that was, you know, so clearly shown like with the rest of the bad batch. Um, and I think even through season one and two, there were a few moments where, you know, she kind of showed us some things on screen, not dissimilar than Ezra and Ray, whether it's like a, you know, an acuity with creatures or, you know, some certain adeptness with weaponry or piloting, um, you know, her having anything similar to, you know, force adeptness isn't surprising to me. Um, the no. extent to which, to, excuse me, the extent with which we'll, you know, we'll see throughout the season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I liked it. It was a great episode. Um, I'm looking forward to what Kevin thinks about it, um, especially the look of it, because, I mean, the Emperor and the Red Guards, I mean, their capes are billowing as if it's like true wind blowing in this animated show that we're watching. Um, you know, it really harkens back to, again, the, the cinematic feel from the first episode. Um, and, and, you know, again, like the visuals continue, uh, we see a little more of the labs as Wade describes, um, it's, it's a real visual treat so much as, you know, there's a lot of great quotes that are going to be carried for, but I think it was really great visually as well. Absolutely. It was fantastic. I, I I can't say that enough. It was really, 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 really good. Um, super, super, super stoked for what is still to come. Um, I can't wait to see it. Probably watch it in the morning. You're gonna love it. I mean, you are absolutely Sounds gonna love like it. it. Sounds. It's, I'm I'm excited just hearing what you guys had to say about it. I tried to that like, record got hit by a bus. It, so there are... <laughs> <laughs> it was. A... Oh, I don't Alex. believe you. I don't believe you. I think if that happened, <laughs> Wade would have been in tears. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> you have no idea. You have no idea how uh, upset I would be if that happens. <laughs> Did you see on my bingo sheet that I have Wrecker dying? <laughs> Not yet. So I was going to ask you, let's go ahead. It, can you pull up your bingo sheet for me, Kevin? Yes. Now that we are through... Um, all of that. So those were the first three episodes. Looking forward to episode four next week. We're going to give you some updates on these uh, bingo sheets here. If you're about to ask me if I got anything, the answer is no. Well, you got your free space. That is true. What? Did you write anything in your free space? Free. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote the Bad Batch is awesome. Aw, so sweet. Aw. <laughs> um, so my answers, I'm going to read them all here for you. said, Rex gets Dr. Hemlock, as in Rex gets to kill Dr. Hemlock. Um, Emery helps Omega escape. 
didn't happen. Fee cries over Tech's death. Palpatine meets Omega. Echo dies. Wrecker dies. Tech survived. Marauder explodes. I did actually include that. I was very surprised. Uh, Quinlan Voss helps the Bad Batch. Oh, that's a cool one. I think that would be cool. Seeing Asajj in the trailer made me think, well, maybe Quinlan's involved, especially since they did name drop him in Kenobi. I think it would be cool if they used another surviving Jedi uh, in some form. Uh, I put Omega is Force-sensitive, which I think we can count with the whole M-count thing. Um, Nala Say helps Omega, which she did. She helped her escape. Uh, Clone Uprising. Haven't seen that yet. Uh, For the fun of it, I put Zillow Beast Eats Hemlock. I would love to see that. That would be awesome. Uh, Another Order 66 scene, since we've gotten so many of them in so many other shows. Uh, Let's see. Emery betrays Omega, which she did in Episode 3. Sid betrays the Bad Batch, because I want to know what's going on with Sid. Hunter dies. Gunji returns to help. Omega dies. Asajj breaks Crosshair out. We know that won't happen because Crosshair broke himself out. Um, Another Order 66 scene said that. Uh, Hunter dies said that. And then Keller and Beck returns. I would love to see them tie in some Keller and Beck here. Don't know if it'll happen, but it'd be super dope if they did. So those are my predictions. I think I still have a couple on here that have a good chance of of actually happening. Um, Whether I actually get a bingo or not, totally different story. But I I was excited. I I, I got more X's on the board today or Wednesday than I thought I was going to on the first week. So, but based on what everything happened, I also know some of these answers just got busted. So... (laughs) Unless the characters get recaptured and then get broken out again, uh, yeah, we're it's not happening. So those are my answers, Kevin. What did you give for your Bad Batch bingo? Uh, again, nothing correct so far, but I'm still I still have most of my squares in play. I, I took a strategy out of a lesson I learned this year from fantasy football. I had a couple teams, Ooh. and I chose the uh-huh. same strategy for each team. So I sucked because if one team sucked, the other team sucked because I had the same players. Um, so there are a couple in here that conflict, but that's very much on purpose because I'm here to win. I'm not trying to predict anything. I'm trying to win. That's right. Um, all right. So I have, oh, the other thing I mentioned before is I went very high level because last year what killed me was I went way too specific. So there were a couple that I was close on that I didn't end up being able to cross off because I, I just went too specific and I wasn't right. Um, so I have Asajj as a flashback. Um, Tech is alive. Record dies. Okay. I have Cat Bane versus <laughs> Fennec. Um, and I have the Bad Batch spares Sid, but she dies anyways. <laughs> That's my specific <laughs> one. I didn't want to do all confidence. Yeah, that's as specific as they get. Um, I have crosshairs welcome back into the group. What, a, what an accident. <laughs> would have to unfold on screen. Wouldn't that be great? 
Um, so Crosshair is welcome back into the group, which I think that one is definitely going to happen. That was my, I think that's my, I put that a few times because I think that's, I think that's going to, going to help me out. Um, I have Omega gets tortured. Um, which I don't, I, after the first two episodes and what you guys said, I, I don't know that I think that one's going to happen. Right. Uh, well, I mean, you could, it depends on how much you want to bend, you know, she does get her little room tossed, you know, searched and inspected in the third episode. If you want to take into account the mental hardship. We'll see if I need to take any liberties at the end. <laughs> yeah, if he, if he doesn't get any of these right, we'll give him that one. <laughs> it can be a tie. Kevin's really this close to not getting anything. He'll get that one. Um, I put Boba makes an appearance. Um, Cody dies. And then I oh. also had another Order 66 scene. Um, but I okay. I don't. I don't think that that one's going to happen again. After after what we've already gotten, I doubt it. Um, I don't know. What if what if they do some Order sixty six stuff with a uh, with Asajj? Because if you read in, uh, especially if they go down the Dark Disciple path, uh, at the end when Asajj dies, um, essentially she's redeemed in the eyes of the Council because of how she redeemed uh, Quinlan. So well. Well, hey, maybe she I might can get be included. Two birds with one stone. That's possible. Um, yeah, I got Vader making an appearance. Ooh, uh, couple repeats. I really was crossing got, my fingers that Vader was going to be at the end of the third episode, just like sitting at on the. the uh... <laughs> like, if they have to go on a manhunt, like I could see, I could see Vader. That's why I put it in there. I could see Vader. Oh, Vader very much may be brought in. It may yeah. change. It may be a game changer now that they know Omega has the key that they've been looking for amongst the clones. That may be a, like a okay. We have to bring all hands on deck. Get yep. whoever we can. Oh my god! If we get Vader, I'm gonna flip. <laughs> all right. So it kind of, this one kind of goes hand in hand. But again, strategy play. Um, I have one square that says Imperial March is used in some form. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So that's it. The rest are the rest are repeats. Um, Those are good. Rules, I I can't get like I have repeats, but I I, I understand the rule. There's not one where I can win right, with you it. You get a bingo with you know the same I mean? couple of answers being the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I had to be careful about that because I I reuse. I didn't reuse record dies. I only put that once, but I put hunter dies twice. Uh, just because I think it's more likely, and I don't want Wrecker to die. So I think Wrecker's going to die because of the emotional play. No, I I, I think Hunter's got that that fatherly figure connection, and he's going to be the one who ends up, you know, giving his life, sacrificing it in some way or another to save Omegas. I think Wrecker Wrecker's going to be that older big brother who who picks her up and runs away with her in order to make sure Hunter's sacrifice isn't given in vain. Yeah, I mean, so, you might be right. We'll see. But, anyway, fantastic three episodes. Holy cow, it was awesome. Um, Bad Batch Bingo has been fun so far. Quick shout-out to John Patterson. I don't know if he's listening. This is a guy 
who goes to church with us and super, super country, like super patriotic, loves, loves America. He's into hunting, fishing, you know, he's your true Southern boy. Like he's a good old boy, great guy. Um, just really, really awesome guy. But I had no idea. He is not the kind of person I would have pegged to be a nerd at all. And I had randomly shared something on Facebook like a couple months ago that was Star Wars related. And he had commented on it with not just like, a, oh, that's interesting. It was like an in-depth comment, like commentary to start a discussion on whatever I, it was that I shared. And I was like, hold on, what? Like it totally it, – it caught me from way out of left field. I mean it, it just – caught me by surprise and i had just added him he 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 had messaged me on facebook and was like hey i got an invite to something that you guys had you had sent but it disappeared i can't find it and i'm like yeah it was probably an invite to records of the republic our our facebook group and he was like well can you send it to me again so i can join and i was like yeah and so i sent it i sent him a post and he just commented on on favorite like this guy is not just like hey i like the movies like he's watching these episodes i i I commented on our group earlier favorite moment of the bad batch season three premiere and he said definitely crosshair escape and i'm like that means you had to watch all three episodes to know like i'm just this is a this is a, a me. I'm trying to wrestle and grasp and come to terms with this. I don't understand it. It it it's just caught me. He's watching the Halo series right now and talking about that. I mean, like this guy just he totally he's my dad's age. He he totally caught me out of out of left field. Like I'm I'm just I'm blown away by it. So Johnny, thank you for commenting. Awesome. Um, Shout out Johnny for being a nerd. Yes, yeah, that's right. Thank you, Johnny, for for being a nerd and you know being just an awesome guy um that said hit us up on twitter instagram reddit and facebook we have a facebook group now all of them if you type in records of the republic you are gonna find us so instagram reddit twitter tiktok facebook hit us up send us an email records of the republic at gmail.com this is two weeks now we haven't heard from our, our rfb and i'm a little disappointed i'm i'm very depressed um Arthur, come on, man. Like, I, I, I need these voicemails. I, I look forward to them every week. So a little sad that we didn't get one. Hopefully we'll get one next week. Um, but hit us up. Let us know if you, there's anything you guys want us to touch on, talk about, um, or if you guys just want to talk about what's going on in the Star Wars world, whether it be video games, Bad Batch, movie news, anything. We are down to talk about it because we love Star Wars. As always, may the Force be with you. And remember. This is the way.